We'll begin the service. We'll sing number 57 when morning comes. Number 57. I know that we can have an understanding today of all that is necessary for us to have, to be able to know Christ Jesus and to be able to know that we can have that eternal life. But there are things throughout our life that we don't understand, just as he says that there's temptations that come upon us. And he says as we try to do our best, 
wise a test, and we don't understand those things at all. But I know it's for our benefit. As we go through these trials and temptations, we can come out stronger by knowing what God can do for us when we see his help and his work within our life. But when the morning comes, that great and wonderful day that we can all be with Christ Jesus, we'll be able to understand it all. By and by, we will understand. So let's just remember these things today. Let's put our full faith and trust in Jesus Christ, not in our own works, but let's put our full faith and trust in him. Because that's where it all begins, and that's how it will end with the righteous, was trust in Jesus Christ. Because he came here, and as it said, we will tell how we've overcome. How did we overcome here? How did we overcome Satan here in this life? How did we overcome this flesh? How did we overcome that wicked works within us? There is one way that we all overcame that. Through Jesus Christ. By the love of God. And by the blood of Jesus Christ, that's how that we will be able to tell that we have overcome Satan here in this life. And we can see victory now. Because Jesus Christ lived and because he died and because he was resurrected out of that tomb, we can see victory. And we will have victory. So let's keep those things in mind and let's put our... Hope in Him as we go through this day. I think we'll read a little bit this morning. We'll start in <clears throat> in Hebrews. This will be the fourth chapter of Hebrews. Let's start reading the third chapter. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, insomuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. Now I want us to just stop and think just a little bit about what we just read. He started out, he said, first of all, he said, Holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. Christ Jesus. Now are we considering those things in our life today? Of how we are, as he says there, a holy brother. Holy brother and sister with those who are professing Christ. Who was faithful 
to him that appointed him. Christ Jesus was faithful to God in all things, just as Moses was faithful in his day, he said. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than, than Moses. Why? Because he was the Son of God. He had the Spirit of the Holy Ghost within him, and he was able to overcome it all for us. As he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every man, every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. Created this world, created you and me, created all the things that are in the world. And they are all temporary here for us. And we will soon leave these things. But we have that immortal soul that we can know that he is our high priest, Jesus Christ. And he is there at the right hand of God the Father for you and for me today. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of our hope firm until the end, unto the end. And that's what I want us to all to understand today, friends, that we can be a part of his kingdom. But what does he, Paul just encouraging the people he says but christ as the son over his own house whose house are we he is over all of the righteous here that is how you was able to receive that new spirit was by the blood of jesus christ by him selecting you by you repenting of your sins and going to him and he was able then to give you that new spirit that birth that we must have. And then he says, now if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of our hope until the end. He says, now keep that confidence in Jesus Christ. That he is the one that has, that has given you the power over sin. He is the one that has saved you. He says, keep that confidence and rejoice in that. We shouldn't go around with a sad look upon our face. We should be rejoicing in the spirit of the Holy Ghost. Rejoicing that we are saved. That we have that power over sin. And he says keep it firm. Stand strong in it. Have confidence in it. All the way until the end. Don't just start out and then pretty soon something else has come in and taken over your mind and your thoughts. But hold on to this till the end. Make that first and foremost in your life all the way until the end. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice... Harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Let's don't let any of that be within us. When we stop and we see what Christ has done for us, 
And these people here should have been able to see what God did for them in that day. How he brought them out of the land of Egypt. How he gave them victory over their enemies. How he gave them the land. And what has he done through Jesus Christ for us? Stop and think. Just think about all the good things that he has done for you. I want you to just start thinking about that. All the things that you have been blessed with. Look at all of us here. The wonderful things. And I'm talking about spiritual first of all. And then look at the natural things that we have been blessed with so much. And how have we received those? How are we using that? Are we using it to the honor and the glory of Jesus Christ and God the Father? He says, don't be as these people who was able to come out of that land and their enemies destroyed and they were given all this land, but they still wanted to follow pagan gods and wanted to go out and to do things on their own instead of trusting in God in that day, instead of following His commandments and listening to Him. And that can be right within us. And he's saying, do not let that come upon you. Don't let your heart become hardened to the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Don't let it become hardened toward that. He says, now that's what they did. And he says, I was grieved with that generation. And said, they do always err in their heart. And they have not known my ways. And that would be the same ways with us today. If we do not follow Him, it's because we are ignorant. And we, are, we do not understand what and why we should be following Him. But listen carefully as we go on and read here. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, he says. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. And I want us all to listen carefully to that. Now he says, do not be as these people were. And then he just tells us, take heed to your own works, to your own life of how you are trusting in Jesus Christ. How much faith that you have in Him. Have you put it all into His hands? He says, take heed, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. And that's that not, that's little faith. We must have full faith, full trust, And full belief in Jesus Christ. And then our works will be His works. And we will be able to see victory. In departing from the living God. Don't ever even consider those things. Get it out. When Satan comes and he tempts you. And he brings certain things to your mind. That you can see that this would go against the Word of God, get it out of your mind immediately, push it away. And the quicker that you do these things, the more power you you have over Satan. The quicker that you resist him, the more power you have and the less power he has. He says, but exhort one another daily. As it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sins. Now I want to 
Every one of you, I want to encourage you. Encourage you in the work and encourage you to keep Jesus Christ first and foremost in our life. And that's what he says, exhort one another daily. Encourage each other. That this is his will, that you be saved. Now, he says, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Rebuke, chasten, exhort, all of these things. And let's keep Satan and let's keep sin out of our lives. He says, just listen at that and how terrible that that would be. He says, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. That's a sad situation when we think about that. And, you know, we read last week, I believe it was, about how that Judas had been right there and with him. But this is some of the things that happened to him. He departed. He had unbelief in Jesus Christ. And he departed from the living God from the, that was right there among him that he had been with for approximately three years there. And he departed from those things. He allowed Satan to come in and destroy him and to harden his heart through the deceitfulness of sin. Don't let that happen to any of us here. Keep sin at bay. You've got the power of God to overcome it. It doesn't matter what it is. You have the power to overcome it and be encouraged in His work. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. Again, we made partakers of Christ. And what does that mean? Think about that. What does that mean when it says that you have been made a partaker with Christ? Christ Jesus was the Son of God. Christ was filled with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Christ overcame all things. Here upon this earth, we sung that song a while ago about overcoming. We'll tell how we've overcome. This is how we overcame through Christ Jesus. For we are made partakers of Christ. The partakers of His life, His death, His resurrection, all of those things, we are a part of it when we accept Him as our Savior. We accept that all these things there that you have done, Christ Jesus. Now, we have accepted them and we are able to receive that same power. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end again. He's saying all the way. It's not something that we can go out here and start. And then stop and go back into that worldly lifestyle and expect to be in heaven with the righteous what did he say in that 11th verse he says so i swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest and i believe he's referring there into his kingdom his kingdom here upon the earth and his kingdom when we leave this earth 
Because we receive rest. We receive spiritual rest here upon the earth when we get that new birth. But let's read that. For we are made partakers of Christ. I want us to remember that. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. When we, when we receive that. The beginning of it. All the way to the end. While it is said today. If you will hear his voice. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Again he tells us again. Harden not your heart. Don't let sin come in there. That's what will harden your heart against the truths of God. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcass fell in the wilderness? That's who he was grieved with. With those that sinned. There were some that came out of that land there that was under 21 years of age that was able to go on into that new land that they had and that they knew what God had done for them. But with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned whose carcass fell in the wilderness? And who is he grieved with today? But those that are living in sin. He has a love for everyone. So much so that his son, he sent him here to die for us. And it is his will that you be saved. But he hates sin in all people. It does not matter who it is. And he will never be associated with sin. But he will take it away. And burn it up here in the land of the living for us. If we will repent. And take our condition to him. He will. Give you the power to overcome. To whom swear he that he should not. They should not enter into his rest. But to them that believe not. And that's the same thing what he's doing today. Those that will not be able to enter into his rest, enter into his kingdom, are those who believe not on Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, we, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Now what are we waiting on today? Do we want to be a part of those The same here that he's given us the example that they lived thousands of years ago, maybe approximately 2,000 years before Christ was here upon the earth. How they lived there. And they had unbelief in God and an unbelief that a Messiah would come later. And they did not follow God's commandments in that day. And what does he say? He says, so we... See that they could not enter in because of unbelief. And I believe we read here last week or so of how that Thomas was doubting. And he had unbelief. And Christ came to him and he says, Put your fingers into my hand and cast your hand into my side and believe. And Thomas believed, but he told him, he says, Thomas It's good that you believe, but blessed are those 
that have not seen and believe, that have not seen these things, but they believe because of the Word of God. And you and I today have not seen Christ Jesus in the flesh. We've never seen God. But we can believe because of His words, and we believe that His Son, Jesus Christ, was here upon the earth, and we believe that He died, and that we can see victory through Him. Don't ever let unbelief come into your life. But pay attention to His Word and listen to Him. Don't let Satan get your mind wandering off on something else and have it in unbelief. But be in total agreement with Jesus Christ and His Father. And if we're in total agreement with Him... We will be in total agreement with His people here upon the earth. There will not be division among His people here upon the earth. So we see that they could not enter in because of their unbelief. Keep our faith and trust in Him. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into His rest... Any of you should seem to come short of it. Now, the writer here just warning these people. Now, what did he start out over here in that third verse? He called them. He says, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. He was talking to people that had received the new birth. He says, now consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. And then over here he's telling us now. He says now. Let us therefore fear. He's gone through and he's told us. And he's given us examples of how that people did not believe. How they did not follow what God was asking them to do in that day. Are you following what God is asking for you to do today? How he is asking for you to live your life. How he's asking you to encourage others in the word. Are you following his works? He says, let us therefore fear. Fear what? Fear that we might let Satan come into our life. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left of us entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Knowing, when I say fear of Satan, have this in your mind. Not a fear of God, but we know that God is there and he can give us all the power we need. But have the fear that you might in your weakness... Follow Satan and be deceived. He says now, fear less a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Less that we, that we go back to the house that we come out of. That we let Satan pull us away. He says, keep that in your mind. Be encouraged and encourage one another of the power of God. But keep in mind that Satan is there. And if you let up, remember what he keeps saying. Is to hold out until the end. 
continue steadfast until the end. He says now, a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Don't let that be taken away. I want that rest. I want it here while I am in the land of the living. I want to know and have confidence. And I have and I can continue on that. Confidence in Jesus Christ our Lord. Any of you should seem to come short of it. What would happen if we come short of it? For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now he's telling us the gospel. They were taught the gospel of God in that day. And he says, now we are being taught the gospel of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, as well as those people heard the word of God in that day, and they fell short. Let's hear the word today, but the word preached did not profit them. Is the word preached today profiting you spiritually? If it's not, something is wrong. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Do you hear the words? The words, the true and gospel of Jesus Christ. And then do you have the faith in Him and trust in Him that you should have so that you can continue on and see victory. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he says, as I have sworn in my raft. If they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. God knows what, will, what you will do and what I will do. But he's given us all the opportunity there to know him. For we which have believed do enter into rest. That spiritual rest. That hope. That peace. That knowledge that we have been saved. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day. Seventh day on this wise. And God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein. And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. And even as after Christ was here upon the earth, Christ came. And he preached and he taught. And some did not enter in. Why? Because of their unbelief. Now he keeps bringing this over and over and over in the scriptures that we're reading here. About unbelief. Are we full of trust and belief in Jesus Christ? The promises that he made. Do you know that he can and he will fulfill them in you? If you Repent of your sins. If you have full faith. If you put it all into his hands and trust him with it all. Not just part of it, but trust him with it all. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein. And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. 
Again, he limited a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. He keeps bringing that over to us. Why would he just keep bringing this out? Because there is danger there. That's why. Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long time as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, they would not have afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Again, through Jesus Christ. Today, if you will hear his voice, accept him. Put it all into his hands. Have faith in Jesus Christ. Not in yourself. There is no way that we can enter into that kingdom. We can enter into that rest that he's talking about. Except through Jesus Christ. Today, if you will hear his voice, the voice of Jesus Christ, asking you to repent. He is there knocking. He is saying, come unto me and I will give you rest. For if Jesus had given them rest, they would not have afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Listen to that carefully. For he that entered into his rest, and again, that is that new birth bringing that rest upon you. He also has ceased from his own works. The old man taken away. The new man there. That spirit of God the Father within you. And now that new man, Christ Jesus within you. There remaineth therefore a rest of the people. For he that has entered into his rest. He also has ceased from his own works. The works of God. You've heard me say this many, many times. When that new birth comes in, it's it's not your works anymore. It's the works of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. If we do something wrong, if we are in sin, then it's the spirit of Satan that that has done that. It's not the works of, of God as God did from His. He entered into His rest on that seventh day and He rested. And he ceased from his works. And you and I will, when we enter into that rest, that rest of the new spirit, we will cease from our own works and put it all into the hands of Jesus Christ and let our works be for him. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. It just keeps bringing these things to our attention. Listen carefully at that. Let us labor therefore. 
to enter into that rest. And what does he mean when he says labor therefore? He means for us to stay under this body and bring it under subjection to the spirit. Keep the spirit vibrant within us and keep that fleshly body put down. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest. Getting that worldly mind out of our, out of our heart. That lust of the flesh, the pride of life, all of those things. And he says, he, and he gives us a reason. He says, lest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. And he has given us examples of how that some fail because of what? Because of their unbelief, they fail. And they were not able to enter into the kingdom of God. He says, don't let that happen to you. We're being warned of these things. Now labor, he says, keep that in your mind. Keep it first and foremost. And keep this body under subjection. And how can you keep the body under subjection to him? Through his spirit. And that alone, my friends. That alone. For the word of God is quick and powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Listen to how powerful God is, and how powerful that spirit there is, he says. He says, for the word of God, His truths, His spirit, is quick and powerful, and he will be there quick and powerful right there as Christ came here and as Christ came out of the wilderness there and here was Satan tempting him immediately there in the condition that he was in, coming out of that wilderness. But the power of God was quick and powerful. Think about that. We see Satan here. Here was, here was Jesus. He had been fasting there for 40 days. The angels came and ministered unto him. And I believe he was there teaching or asking and getting knowledge and understanding from his father of how he should start his ministry and how he should go on and preach his word, his gospel here upon the earth. And here comes Satan immediately there. But then let's look and see what the power of God was able to do. And when Satan tempted him, he was able to immediately dispel it. And he came right back, Satan did, with all power that he thought he had. Tempting him again. But the power of God was able to just immediately, through Christ Jesus, cast him out, overcome Satan. But that didn't stop him. Again, he was there tempting him. But the power of God immediately overcame him again. And he left him for a season. And he will leave you. When he sees he has no power over you then. He becomes weaker and weaker and weaker to you. And that power of God becomes stronger and stronger. And think about what he says. It is quick. It is alive. It is fast to heal those that ask. And powerful. 
and sharper than any two-edged sword. Thinking about when they went into battle, some of them had a sword that was sharp on both edges. And he could use that thing in any way that he could. He was slinging it as he was in battle to protect and to, to overcome the enemy there. But he says the Word of God is better than all of that. He says it's sharper and it's more powerful than what that soldier was using to overcome his enemy there. And I looked upon that as that was one of the ultimate weapons that they could use there. That's why he's bringing this thing, telling us of how about that. And he says it, it can be used, that power of God there can be used, piercing even into the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And that's what the power of God can do for us. And it will take away, it will divide that evil spirit within you and make your soul righteous. It will, he will take that away. That is the power of God and of the joints and marrow. That's what that sword could do. It could just destroy a body. But that power of God can destroy the wickedness and take away the evilness out of the body. And it is a discerner and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And he discerned, he knows the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You know, we talk about and I hear people mention all along with all the things that we have today on our electronics and our phones and our computers and all these things that we have that we use on a daily basis. And people talk about that, you know, somebody knows a lot about you and you can just see how that these things you might get in your vehicle to go somewhere and it pops up on there telling you where you're about to go because it knows all about your, what you are doing and have been doing the history of it. Well, you know what? Who knows all about everything and, the, and is able to discern the thoughts and intents of our heart? Jesus Christ and God the Father. That phone and that computer knows a lot, but it doesn't know nearly what Christ Jesus and God the Father. He knows all that is in the thoughts and intents of your heart. And what will come out of that mouth. He says what goes into that mouth is not what defiles it. But he says it's what comes out of the heart. He says that is what will defile your spirit, your soul. And here he's just bringing these things to our attention. He says, neither is there any creature that is not meant. I'm sorry, let's read that 12th verse again. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even and dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. He knows it all. Don't be fearful. If we use that power there, again, those thoughts and intents of the heart will be taken away and, and we will get less and less of that. 
Satan can tempt you. Satan can bring things and, and put it into your mind that you think, where in the world did that come from? How in the world would I have a thought like that? But the thing about it is, is use the power there, that just like Jesus Christ did. Use that power to get it out immediately. Satan, get out. Get behind me, Satan. That's what Christ said. Get behind me, Satan. And that's what you can tell him here today. And those thoughts then go away immediately. It is quick. Remember what he says. The power of God, the Word of God is quick and powerful. Let those things go out. And let it be filled with the thoughts from God. The good things. What does... He talks about in one of the scriptures. He says, think upon the things that are good. Think upon the things that are honest. Think upon the things that are true. Think upon the things that are lovely. All of these things ties right in to God's work. Think upon the things. Put this in your mind of what God's people have done here upon the earth and what God did for them and what Jesus Christ did here upon the earth and what He will do for you. All of these things, friends. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in His sight. But all things are naked and open and to the eyes of Him whom we have to do. All things. And remember that. There is nothing. That is hid from Jesus Christ. In your life. Absolutely nothing. Now you can have. Your sins taken away. And we talk about it quite often. Of how that. They can be covered. You can be clothed. With that new spirit taken away to where then that you will be able to stand before him clothed with that white raiment. Clothed with the spirit of the Holy Ghost that will keep you from standing there with your sins exposed. He says here, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. In every one of us, our works will be made manifest in the sight of God, in the sight of Jesus Christ. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. There is nothing that you are hiding from him, friends. It doesn't matter who you are, how how slick that you think you might be in, in the works of being able to hide things. And you might hide them from the people here upon the earth. And I'm sure those are things that goes on all the time throughout the world. That there are people trying to deceive someone else into thinking that I am good, but going about doing other things. There are people in marriages throughout the world today and that what they will do is they will go out and break that covenant that they have, being deceitful and try to keep these things from their spouse, whoever it might be. That's just an example of some of the things that, I've, I've, that you can look upon, of how that they can be deceitful there. 
But it comes to light a lot of times. Sometimes it may never come to light. But all things are open. And all things are standing naked before Christ Jesus. He knows it all. Whether you are trying to deceive someone in your works or whether or not you are living upright. He knows it all. It does not matter who you are. He knows it all. And it will be laid out openly before Him. How will it be with us? Will you be able to stand, we've talked about here, standing with confidence. We've talked about holding out into the end with confidence. If He was coming to you today, if your life is over today, would you be able to stand before Him with confidence today that your sins have been taken away? You have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. You have faith that He has power to give to you to overcome sin. And you are willing to trust Him with your life. Do you have that kind of faith? Are you willing to trust Him? Hold fast seeing that we have Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Again, keeps bringing these things. Hold fast to it. It's something that, yes, we have to put some effort into to keep sin out of our life. When we see something that may be carrying us close to sin or tempting us, we want to see how far we can get from that instead of seeing how close it is. What do we want to put into it? Are we so interested in something here in this world that we are not even listening to what is going on today? That I am so interested in something else outside. Or something else in my life. Instead of paying attention to the word that he is talking to us about here today. Seeing that we have a great high priest. Jesus Christ. The high priest would go into the tabernacle. And he would offer things for their sins. But we have one that offered his life one time, and that's all it takes is one time for us. He passed into the heavens. He was here upon the earth. He was crucified, and then he passed back into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast. To our professing of knowing Him and our professing of full faith in Him. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. 
We've mentioned that several times recently about what Christ did, why he came here. Do you ever think about why he came here? He came here so that you and I could have eternal life. But what was his mission here upon the earth? His mission was to overcome Satan in a body like you and I have. That was why God sent him here. To overcome all of that. And in doing those things, he had to go through all the temptations. There's nothing, he says here, that but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. There is nothing that you and I will ever be tempted with but what Jesus Christ went through it. And that was why he had to go through that crucifixion also. That he went through the most terrible death that could be heaped upon a man. So that there would be nothing that we would ever have an excuse for. Well, we had to go through this. You didn't. Jesus Christ went through all points, was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. He did not yield to sin. Now, he says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help. In time of need. Brothers and sisters and friends. That is one of the most encouraging things to us. It could be. Let's read those last two verses again. And just talk. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. We have that high priest that is there that we can go, we can be communicating with. We can pray. He says, pray to the Father in my name. I am there for you. He says, ask and you will receive. He says, now you can be touched you can hear. He can hear you and He will. He says He was tempted just like you are. And He overcame. Now He's telling us what we should be doing. He says, let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace. And the way I look at that is that means for us to come boldly towards Satan. With Satan there trying to discourage you. Come boldly to the to the law of grace or unto the throne of grace to God the Father, knowing that yes, you have made a promise for me, and I expect to receive it. That's what he's talking about. Come there with full confidence that you can receive it. Not coming there in a attitude well I don't know if I'm going to be able to receive this or not I'll try and I'll see this that's not what he's saying at all he's saying come boldly to the throne asking for it and he says asking you shall receive believe that you will receive it and you can that's what he's talking about 
boldly coming to God the Father through Jesus Christ, knowing that, yes, you've promised this, yes, I'm asking for it, and yes, I can receive it, and I have received it. That is how what he's talking about there. And listen what all it goes on. And he just tells us when we come to there and we receive that, that, ye, that we may obtain mercy. Mercy from God. Not then like these other people that they will not be able to receive that mercy of God because of their unbelief. But if we've got that full belief in Him, we'll be able to obtain the mercy that God has to keep us, keep the wrath of Him from destroying us and casting us into hell. And find grace to help. In time of need. Now what does that mean? Grace to help. The power of God. Find the power of God. To help. To help you in every situation. In time of need. That's every day. That's what Christ Jesus relied upon. Was the grace of God. To carry him through this life. And he was able to overcome in every situation. And that's what he's telling us. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. The throne of God. The power of God. That we may obtain mercy. I want mercy. I love mercy. I want to be able to have mercy. To give that to people. Think about that. You may see somebody that has done a terrible disservice to you and they see it and they come to you and they they apologize profusely and and you can see that they are sincere in that would you want to just continue to tell them go away get out of my life i don't accept that that's not god's way we can have a, when we see that we are in that condition, we are lost. And hell is right before us. But we can go to Him. And God sees that in our heart we are broken. And we are profusely proclaiming our brokenness and our sin. And that we need help from Him. And forgive us of our sins, repenting of our sins. Then we obtain that mercy. We would want to, to extend that mercy to someone that came unto us. I would want to tell him, yes, I accept your apology. And let's go on and let's put that behind us. And let's be friends. And let's move forward. And that's us, and find grace to help in time of need. And we need it every day, my friends. There is not a day that goes by that we don't need the grace of God right in our life. Not a day we need it. We have to have it. We cannot go through it on our own. Put our faith there. And let's trust in Him. 
For every high priest taken among men is ordained of men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices to sin. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way? For that he himself also is compressed with compassed with infirmity. And by reason thereof he ought as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. And that was what the high priest did in those days. And no man taking this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son. Today I have begotten thee. God was the one that made him the high priest there. The high priest there under the law, as we mentioned earlier, he went in and he offered those things for his sins and for others. Jesus Christ offered his body for your sins, not for his, but for his for your sins is why he offered his life. Look at the love of that. Look at what He did for us. Let's don't go back. Let's don't let Satan steal a march upon us. Let's don't be in unbelief. But let's be in full belief in everything that we do. Let's turn over. Reminded, I want to read just a, f- a few verses here <clears throat> in Second Peter. Let's start at the first verse, first chapter. Of Second Peter. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God our Savior Jesus Christ. Again, speaking, he says, that have obtained like precious faith through the righteousness of of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. He did not put it any of it on himself. He says he has been able to receive that. And receive that precious faith. Through Christ Jesus. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Again, he's just telling them that peace. That rest be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Again, where's it coming from? It does not come from man. It comes from God and Jesus our Lord. We should be begging and asking every day for spiritual wisdom and knowledge, my friends. From God the Father. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. 
getting that knowledge, the one that has called us, when we repent, He calls us then to be able to receive that new birth that has called us unto glory and virtue from Him, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You see, the same type instructions, the same type of encouragements here, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, that divine nature of God, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust, by, the, by receiving, by asking, and by receiving that powerful faith in Him. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge. Now these are some of the things I want us to listen at and think about today. Is this what he's telling us? To add to us. And how are we going to add these things? By being diligent to hold out until the end. To working in with the Spirit whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, work with it, put your faith and trust all of it, add to your faith virtue and virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. Now are these things in our lives, each and every one of us today, I want us to be examining, let God examine you with this. Now, is this in your life, these attributes, is that part of your way of life? For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be bearing nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be fruitful. I want to have knowledge in the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, if these things abound in you, if they are there, you are living this type of lifestyle. And letting these things abound in you. Listen to these things again. Giving grace, add that you might be partakers of the divine nature. And then he says, and besides this, giving all diligence... Add to your faith virtue and virtue knowledge. That spiritual knowledge and to knowledge temperance. Being able to control yourself with the Spirit. And to temperance patience. Waiting upon God. Waiting upon Jesus Christ. And to patience godliness. And that will bring forth, if we do these things, that will bring forth godliness within us. Waiting upon the Spirit to direct us. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And that's the only way that we can have that brotherly kindness. That true brotherly kindness. 
is with godliness and kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. And that is that pure love for all of mankind. That pure love for God the Father and His Son. And that can only be in those that has that new birth. That's the only way you can have that power. That's the power of love. The power of mercy comes with that. And that's what that charity is. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be, neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. And that goes back and talks about some of the things that we read about earlier. Of how that they had seen these things. They had been brought out of the land. All of these things that had taken place. But they went away. They went back. They hardened their hearts. And that is he that lacketh these things is blind. And cannot see afar off. And hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. He's hardened his heart. Wherefore. The rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fail, never fall. Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. And what he's saying there is don't give up. And don't let Satan tell you that there is no opportunity or no chance for you. He says, make your calling and election sure. And how can we do that? Through Christ Jesus. Faith in Him. Putting it into His hands. That's how we make our calling and our election to the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. You know when we fall? It's when we don't follow His guidelines. That's when we fall. The people that was brought out of the land of Egypt, they were told that I will give you all of these things. But they did not follow His guidelines. And they fell. Today, it's laid out in the Scriptures very plain and clear how He wants us to live our life. And to follow Him. To trust in Him. Have faith in Him. Do you know what it means to have faith and trust in Him? Truly. Take those things to the Lord and let Him give you the the true understanding of what all those things mean. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly. Unto the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's saying that those that diligently seek Him. Those that have that faith. He says will be able to enter. Shall for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly. That you'll be able to enter into the rest 
of God here upon the earth. And it will, His Word will be ministered unto you abundantly through Jesus Christ. And to the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. And I want to just continue to be putting these things out there. And just as he said here, I will not be negligent, but I will continue to always bring these things to your remembrance, though you know them. And be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle. To stir you up by putting you in remembrance. And that is what I want each and every one of you to know here today. To stir up your spiritual minds. By bringing these things into your remembrance of what God has done through His Son for us. That you might be able to go boldly before the throne of grace. And be able to receive what He's talking about here. To receive abundantly into that everlasting kingdom of God the Father and Jesus Christ. Knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. And I want us to all remember those things. Peter has gone. He left these words for us to read and to be encouraged and to bring them to our attention. The writer of Hebrew is gone, but he left these things that we can read and bring them to our attention. That we can be encouraged today. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. When we made known unto you the power of our, of the, and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. Now Peter had seen these things, and I'm telling you today, that we have not followed cunning devised fables. When we have made known unto you the truths of God today. These are the truths of His. This is not something that man has gotten up. It's not something that I am just telling you of my own self. But these are the truths of God. And I'm telling you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I know I have been a witness, not an eyewitness, but I know I have been a witness of that power. And I want you to understand, and I want you to be able to receive that and be a witness of it also, that we can all have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Come boldly before that throne. And put it into the hands. And you shall receive. Put it into the hands of Jesus Christ. And you shall receive. <clears throat> we'll bring this meeting to a close. We'll sing number 191.
what would you give in exchange for your soul? And I want you to be mindful of those things. What would you give in exchange for your soul? 191.
us all to understand and just think about this, that mercy is calling. Won't you give heed? What would you give in exchange for your soul? A few short days here upon the earth. Whatever it might be that we might put first and foremost before him. That he says that what is your spirit worth? It is more than all the jewels and the gold that your spirit is worth. What would you give in exchange? Christ gave his life in exchange for your sins. His love is there. His hand has reached out to you. Repent of our sins and live in accordance with His Word. And we will not fall. Let us pray. To Christ Jesus our Lord, thank You for all that You've done for us. Thank You for the many blessings that we've received. And we just beg for guidance in the upcoming days that we're able to encourage someone and show us how we can help to promote your kingdom here upon the earth, how we can help others and be at one with you. God, be with those that are struggling today. Those that maybe have lost their way or have never known the way. Show them how you, your son, overcame and how we can overcome by putting our, putting our faith and trust in him. So we ask again to just show us how to use the things that you've entrusted into our hands to help others here upon the earth and to promote your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.